You are Locked On Lions, your daily Detroit Lions podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's midweek, everybody. Welcome in on a Wednesday, August 25th, and a Thursday, August 26th. Matt Derry with you. It's Locked On Lions on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Detroit hosting Indianapolis coming up on Friday night at 7 o'clock. And don't expect to see a lot of starters. We'll explain that coming up momentarily on the podcast today. Also, head coach Dan Campbell just continues to be an open book, a completely open book. And discussed and was asked today by Justin Rogers of the Detroit News some players that are better than you thought they would be, some guys that have turned your head, and he named three guys. You'll hear who Dan Campbell named a uh, named coming up momentarily. Also, the latest on Derek Barnes and a great piece by the Athletics' Nick Baumgardner, a snippet inside the Athletic.com's piece today indicating that Barnes is moving up. We'll get into that. And, yes, we got to talk about the Seth Wickersham Matthew Stafford expose um, at ESPN.com. If you did not read it, it was very well done. It was very long, but there's 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 some things in there. Uh, Revisionist history at its best that we'll touch on as well. You can get the podcast and follow us on Twitter each and every day at Locked On Lines at Dairy Speaks D E R Y Speaks. Also check out the Matt Dairy Facebook. Fan page. The show today is brought to you by our friends at the Lockdowns Ultimate Season Preview. The NFL season is about to start. Nobody covers it like us here at Lockdown and the Lockdown Podcast Network. August 30th through September 8th, Lockdowns Ultimate Season Preview is taking you through every team and every division with the help of Odyssey's Ross Tucker and Jason Lockenfora. Follow the Ultimate Season Preview 2021 feed on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast to tune in beginning on August the 30th. Lions were back at practice today uh, in Allen Park. Uh, it's very hot out there, and, and you can't expect a lot of the regulars to play. It was kind of funny today um, that one of the Indianapolis writers, if I can get this uh, right, Stephen Holder, who covers the Colts, tweeted out, so Frank Reich says he spoke, Frank Reich, the coach of the Colts, says he spoke to Detroit coach Dan Campbell, who says he does not intend to play his starters on Friday. So the Colts are backing off on their plans, too. Many more starters will be out Friday, according to Reich. But Jacob Eason will start at quarterback. Sam Ellinger will be the backup for the Colts coming up on Friday. Look, bottom line is this. This final preseason game on Friday night at 7 o'clock, is basically going to be the backup quarterback bowl, the wide receiver bowl, and the practice squad, you know, bowl. Because that's it. I expect Panay Sewell to play a little bit because they've needed him to get out there and get some reps, and Dan Campbell has made that pretty clear. But there's a chance he doesn't get out there. Preseason game number three is is turned into preseason game number four from years past. And Campbell, again, Campbell, very transparent. And Frank Reich's like, hey, look, this is what Dan Campbell said. He's not playing any of his starters, so we're probably not going to play any of ours either. Which is too bad because the, this receiving core, which is so weak, 
needs to be going up against good players to determine who the good players on the Lions are. We just don't know. And so if you're going down there Friday night, look, any chance you can get to see football and and, and see your Lions and go to the stadium, I get it. It's going to be cool. It's always fun. But if you're expecting to take anything big away from Friday night, uh, good luck. I, I, I'd expect David Blau to start, to give him some starter reps, and then Tim Boyle after him. But both those guys are going to make this roster. They're going to carry three quarterbacks, it sounds like. And if anything happens to Jared Goff, this season's in big trouble. And as you heard Kyle Meinke yesterday, if you missed yesterday's podcast, please tune in from MLive.com. Kyle made it a point to say, Kyle's not a big Goff fan at all. But David Blau and Tim Boyle are still a step down from Jared Goff, obviously. Just like Jacob Eason and Sam Ellinger are a step down from Carson Wentz. These two teams, the Colts and the Lions, are in very similar predicaments when it comes to the quarterback spot. Now, I think the Colts think Wentz is going to come in and be the MVP Wentz type from a few years ago. The Lions are hoping Jared Goff can come back to 17 and 18 form for sure. But it does sound like um, we're not going to see many of the starters Friday night at all for the Lions. And that should not be come as a big surprise uh, for anybody. What I did find interesting today from the Danimal, Dan Campbell, is how if you ask him a question, he's answering it. He's not skirting away from anything. He's not veering away from tough answers. And the question was raised today by Justin Rogers about last year, Jason Cabinda, or, or maybe I think it was C.J. Moore. Last year, C.J. Moore was like this up-and-comer, and, and Matt Patricia and the staff, I guess, were surprised by how good he played, whatever it was. Who are some guys that are turning your head this year? Here's what Dan Campbell had to say, courtesy of DetroitLions.com. Take a listen. I'm a Cabinda fan and uh, because I know what the guy is. And I said this, shoot, I said this the first day I ever talked to you guys, and I got this job is, man, give me a guy that I know exactly what he is what he can do, what he's about, how he works, how he processes information. And I, I'll go to war with those guys any day. And that's what Cabinda is to me and to this team. And he's a young, improving player for that position in particular that I think there's a lot of meat on the bone. And I know what he's going to be able to do on special teams. I think he can play some fullback. I think he can. He might be able to do a little H-back. And... Um, He's one that I've been impressed with. I kind of liked the tape last year, but he's even more than I thought. He'd be an example of that, you know. Um, shoot, man. I, I Look, C.J. Moore, he popped off the tape last year. Um, but he's kind of been, he's kind of been what I, I guess what I expected and then some. So that's a good example. Dude, I think, I think Austin Bryant, now he was hurt last year, but. I know this, this guy was all out all the time, the plays that he did play. But to watch him be in here and get his feet back under him and get the reps, get the load, he's been pretty impressive. I think this guy's really got a, he's got a high ceiling and can continue to grow. And uh, I think he's even twitchier than I thought he was. So those would be three pretty good examples. 
And I want to react to this and what Dan Campbell just said right there about those three guys coming up next. First, though, betonline.ag. It's that time of year again. All eyes are turning uh, to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the football season. You want to bet on the games? You want to bet on the Lions plus 7.5 against the Niners opening weekend? You want to bet on the Lions plus 3.5 against the Colts this weekend? You can do so at betonline.ag. It is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL Mega Contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL Survivor Contest open now at BetOnline. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. Just use the promo code LOCKEDON. From football, basketball, boxing, MMA, everything is there for you at betonline.ag. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, so Dan Campbell said Jason Cabinda, the fullback, C.J. Moore, the safety, and edge-slash-outside linebacker Austin Bryant are all guys that he feels are better than what he thought they were. Cabinda making the team, Moore making the team, and it sounds like Austin Bryant is somebody that Campbell likes a lot. Now, there's a chance that Austin Bryant could be switched or moved over to the practice squad if he, you know, the whole waivers thing. We'll see. But it sounds sounds like Austin Bryant, who really has never been able to stay healthy, has had a, an impression on Dan Campbell. What does that mean for other defensive linemen slash outside linebackers? I know this team is listing things a little bit differently. We'll see. But Austin Bryant's never been able to stay healthy or be on the field. Can he get to the quarterback? Can he make plays? Can he keep contain on outside runs? That was a name I didn't expect to hear Dan Campbell give tons of props to. But it's a good sign. And if Deshaun Hand is not healthy to start the season, we know about the depth on the defensive line. Um, Austin Bryant sounds like a guy that's going to make the team. Again, he was a fourth-round pick a couple years ago. It's not like he's chopped liver here. Or he was, you know, somebody that 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 the team didn't, you know, think highly of. Whether it was the scouting department that was under Bob Quinn, and some many of those scouts are still there, or not, I thought that was an interesting name to hear. Dan Campbell give credit to. Very interesting. Because Austin Bryant will play. You got to figure on Friday night. And it will be his opportunity to show out, to play well. And again, you know, I, he just hasn't done anything for me. As he hasn't really performed, he hasn't really played. It's not like I sat here the other night and watched him in the, in the preseason and went, oh, man, Austin Bryant was great. Bruce Hector has played better, the former Tennessee Titan. There were, you know, does, is Austin Bryant getting named by Dan Campbell? Does that mean he's ahead of Charles Harris, the former Atlanta Falcon? Maybe. He's not going to be ahead of Michael Brockers or Trey Flowers or Liam McNeil or Deshaun Hand. Or Romeo Aquara, or Julian Aquara. So there's a lot of names there. So who's going to be the odd man out? 
Does Hector go to the practice squad? Does Charles Harris get let go? Austin Bryant, a fourth-round pick from 2019. You know, Anzarike, he's going to stay. The one that Kyle Mikey mentioned yesterday is Nick Williams. You wonder about Nick Williams and uh, his guaranteed contract and whether they just bite the bullet and let him go. He has also not been able to stay healthy for much of this preseason. Big number 97. Keep an eye on that. Uh, two articles that I want to talk about. Um, let me do one first here uh, that was brought up. And that was a very, there's a couple of really good reads out there. And, and look, I mentioned this before Kyle, Justin Rogers, the guys at Pride of Detroit, the guys at Lions Wire, you know, 20 Men, O'Hara, Burkett, Chris Burke at The Athletic, uh, Ben Raven. The Lions beat crew is really good. They do a really good job. And I love reading prideofdetroit.com. I love going on the Lions Wire with Jeff Risden and. Uh, the guys at POD, Jeremy and Eric, everybody does a really solid job. The guys at theathletic.com, Chris Burke's awesome. But today, uh, Nick Baumgartner wrote a piece about he he basically shadowed and watched Derek Barnes at practice all day yesterday. Um, and he timestamps everything that Barnes did from walking out on the field to talking to Chris Spielman to talking to Mark DeLeon and Aaron Glenn to missing on a couple of pass plays that he should have maybe intercepted or he was just a nick behind and catches were made by Hawkinson and others. But at 12.37 p.m. of yesterday's practice, I found found this interesting. Quote, this is what Nick Baumgartner writes, quote, Barnes spends most of Tuesday working alongside veteran Jalen Reeves-Mabin, especially the number two, essentially the number two linebacking pairing behind the starters, Anzalone and Jamie Collins. A week ago, that was veteran Jelani Tavai. Barnes gets work with the hybrid starters and the backups, but it's clear he's inching his way up the depth chart, end quote. Thank goodness. I've talked about this, and we mentioned it yesterday. Jog by me goodbye. Jelani Tavai just is not. Derek Barnes has to be moving up the depth chart. Derek Barnes has to play a lot Friday night. Get him the reps. Let's see what he can do. But already pairing him with Reeves-Mabin as the number two crew. Remember, Tavai started last week against the Steelers. Now, again, it was against Ben Roethlisberger and their number ones. But Derek Barnes has got to inch his way onto the field. I know Anzalone and Jamie Collins are the guys. But if they can find a way to get Derek Barnes some run in the regular season as he continues to learn as a rookie fourth-round pick, he's going to make some mistakes, especially in the preseason. But this is a guy we need to see. We need to see. So if you subscribe to The Athletic, check out that piece by Nick Baumgartner. Talks, talks all about the day that Barnes had, how he was on the scout team, on offense and playing defense and 11-on-11s and run stuffing and making a play against the pass. Um, this is a guy that you know you hope is one of those Brad Holmes, less-need Rams, mid-round draft picks. And in a few years we go, man, getting Derek Barnes in the fourth round in 2021 was an absolute steal. All right, revisionist history time with Seth Wickersham from ESPN. Not his fault. I'm going to tell you what Matthew Stafford told ESPN.com coming up next. Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar ever. You know that. What's your favorite Built Bar flavor? You like coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel? I love cookies and cream. That's my jam. 
Check them all out at BuiltBar.com and order yourself a box. If you've never tried them before, even get the mix box so you can try them. The great thing about Built Bars is the flavors are great tasting, but they're healthy too. Most of them, 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, and only 4 grams of net carbs. You can't beat that. A protein bar that tastes great and is good for you? That's what Built Bar is all about. Go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your first order. Promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-15, for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, so today, the big story, the big expose at ESPN.com. Matthew Stafford isn't satisfied yet. He's on a new team in a new city with the same goal, winning a Super Bowl by Seth Wickersham. And this is a lengthy, lengthy piece uh, from Wickersham, who spent the day with Matthew Stafford at an autograph session. About the third or fourth paragraph down, what really took me by surprise a little bit, was Wickersham wasn't getting much out of Stafford, who we all know on the record is not a great talker, but Matthew Stafford is a hell of a person and for 12 years here did a heck of a job as the quarterback of the Lions. No one's hating on Stafford. I don't want to spend this whole time hating on him. I'm trying to get past this whole thing. Wickersham writes, So finally I ask my latest version, what do you want out of the rest of your career? Matthew pauses and looks me in the eye and says, quote, I just want to play in big games, you know? I want to have opportunities to make big-time plays in the fourth quarter against really good teams in big moments rather than a 1 o'clock game on a Sunday somewhere. End quote. So a lot of this article tends to be Stafford-shaded towards, golly gee, he never played in a big game. And when asked what he wants out of his career, he wants to play in more big games. He doesn't just want to play at 1 o'clock on a Sunday. Now, to be honest, last year, the year before, sure, most of the games were at 1 o'clock on a Sunday because the team was terrible. The Matt Patricia era over the last three years, it was 1 o'clock Sunday Central because the team's bad. The team wins 11 games the, 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 the one year. The next year, they're playing a lot of primetime games. All right, this Matthew Stafford played in the playoffs for Jim Caldwell, played in the playoffs for Jim Schwartz. He's been in postseason play. Two games in New Orleans, one in Seattle. But this notion that he never, ever, ever played in a big game against good teams is bullshit. In 2013, the Lions were 7-5, and five, had a chance to win the division. They played a game on Monday night football at Ford Field against the Baltimore Ravens in week 15. And Matthew Stafford failed. That wasn't Sunday at 1. That was Monday night. Primetime. The next week, <coughs> as the Lions are 7-6, and six, needing a win against the Giants, a 4 o'clock game. Stafford lost again. They went on to go 7-9, and nine and Jim Schwartz was fired. In 2016, the Detroit Lions, a 9-7 and seven football team, made the postseason. They played a wild card game in Seattle. 
believe it was January the 7th, 2017. The game was Saturday night, NBC, Al Michaels, Chris Collinsworth, prime time. The Lions lost 26-6. Matthew Stafford went 18 out of 32 for 205 yards. No touchdowns, three sacks, and a passer rating of 75.7. His counterpart, Russell Wilson, threw two touchdowns and had a passer rating of 119.3. Yeah, but Russell Wilson's had a great running game. Russell Wilson has all these great receivers. Really? Thomas Rawls? Doug Baldwin? Oh, yeah. Doug Baldwin, good player. Doug Baldwin, good player. Big night that night, too. 11 catches for 104 yards. Matthew Stafford had Golden Tate. Marvin Jones. Anquan Bolden. And a top 10 pick. In dropped him his prime, Eric Ebron, who dropped a key pass early in that game, if I recall. Yes, Stafford didn't get much help from his defense because Seattle zoomed out to an early 10. Now, actually, they didn't zoom out. Let me let me let me let me be precise here. This was a 10-0 game in the second quarter. Okay. 10 to 3 at the half, 10 to 6 in the third, and then the fourth quarter was a disaster where Seattle outscored the Lions 16 to nothing. It's not like the Lions weren't in this game. It's not like the defense couldn't stop them the first three quarters. Through three quarters of this football game, Seattle had 10 points. Matthew Stafford played in prime time Saturday night and lost and failed. All on him? No. But this notion that the Lions never, ever, 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 ever played other than 1 o'clock on Sunday and on Thanksgiving is revisionist history. Matthew saying, I just want to play in big games. Okay. But add the word again. I want to play in big games again with a team that I feel will give me a better chance to win. That's all you got to say. The Rams are loaded. The Rams have arguably the best player in the NFL in Aaron Donald. Don't give me this, Stafford never ever played in big games. The Lions are always bad. Really? Look, the Lions are the Lions. They've been, boy, they've won one playoff game in 70 years. But Stafford played in some big games. And there were some big games he did not deliver. There's some big games he did deliver. Dallas, last year against Atlanta. Sure. Just making that point. We're back tomorrow. Locked on Lions on the Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks for listening, everybody.